0: I know it's Christmas time, but we're continuing our study through the book of Mark. We find ourselves today in the 12th chapter where Jesus drew two pictures for us. A picture of selfish ambition in the teachers of the law, and a picture of humble sacrifice in in a poor widow. Let me read the story for you, Mark 12, verses 38 through 44. As he he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely." Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more in the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. Let's, let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you so very much for your word and for your Son and the special gift he was to us that first Christmas. And God, I pray that he will speak to us today that he'll speak through the book of Mark, that he'll speak through my words here to each and every one of us. Open our hearts and minds to your word. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Let's start off with a, a quiz. I'll give you a word, and you give me the opposite. The opposite of fast is, it's slow. The opposite of long is short. The opposite of cold is hot. The opposite of young is old. The opposite of soft is hard. The opposite of sour is sweet. The opposite of high is low. The opposite of rich is poor. The opposite of love is hate. Now, I think you probably all got 100% on that quiz. I mean, you know your opposites. Jesus also knew his opposites. He knew those who loved him and those who hated him, those who followed him and those who dismissed him, those who worshipped him and those who were ready to kill him. Today's story has its opposites. Its opposites on the selfish, unselfish scale. On the selfish end of the scale, we have the teachers of the law who were driven by selfish ambition. At the unselfish end of the scale, we have a poor widow who was driven by humble sacrifice. And Jesus has a lesson to teach us in each of these contrasting stories. As a matter of fact, we each must decide which of these two contrasting pictures best represents us. We, we begin with the first picture, the picture of selfish ambition in the teachers of the law. Notice how Jesus began, Mark 12, 38, as he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted in the marketplace." Jesus started with a word of warning. Watch out for the teachers of the law. Beware of these teachers and their self-centered example. That they dressed like holy people. They wore long white linen robes like the priests and the Levites. Jesus gave us a little bit more of a description. In Matthew 23, 5, it says, "...everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. Phylacteries are small leather boxes containing Old Testament scriptures that were worn on the forehead as a reminder to keep the law. These teachers of the law made their phylacteries big and wide." Plus they had tassels on their long robes. They want everyone to see them and they wanted everyone to know how holy they were. These teachers were also respected like honorable people. I mean, they loved being greeted in the marketplaces as people deserving of honor. Listen again to how Jesus describes it. Mark 23, verse 7. They loved to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, and to be called rabbi by others. Now here's how Jesus responded, very next verse, Matthew 3, 23, 8. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you all are brothers. In other words, Jesus was telling them that they had one rabbi, one rabbi who they and the people should learn from and listen to, and it wasn't these teachers of the law, it was Jesus. They were as well treated like admirable people. I mean, they were given the most important seats in the synagogues. They, they liked the very front seats right next to the tress, the chest that contained the sacred scroll, scrolls of Scripture. These seats were the ones facing the rest of the congregation so everyone could see them. And when it came to a special banquet, they were given the places of honor, right up front, next to the meal's host. The teachers of the law thought that they deserved special treatment. Plus, they acted like spiritual people. When it came their turn to pray... In synagogue worship, they prayed long, flowery prayers. But according to Jesus, it was all for show. The lives and worship of the teachers of the law were all for show. See, in reality, they were none of what they appeared to be. They were none of what the people thought they were. That they weren't holy people or honorable people or admirable people. People are even spiritual people. They were selfish, self centered people. Jesus accused these teachers of the law right here in this passage of devouring widows' houses. Here they should have been helping widows, but instead they were hurting them and cheating them. The teachers of the law were responsible to earn their own living. And so they often coerced widows into supporting them, even to the point of losing their homes. And Jesus concluded such men will be punished most severely. Religious leaders who lead people astray by their teaching or by their life witness, they will receive greater condemnation. That's why James, Jesus' half-brother, warned us, as he did in James 3.1, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. See, when you teach, you become responsible for those you teach as well as for yourself. And if you lead others astray by your life or your teaching like these teachers of the law were doing, you'll be judged more strictly. Therefore, I'll be judged more strictly for what I have taught and how I have lived. However, I think there is a wider lesson in this picture for all of us. That is, Jesus cautions all of us about being selfish, self-centered people like the teachers of the law. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. He said, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. The teachers of the law were conceited, They were consumed with themselves and their own self-interest. But that's not the way Jesus wanted his disciples to be. And that certainly isn't the way that he wants you and me to be. And yet how easy it is to be consumed with ourselves. We talked about that in our Bible study class last week. We talked about the idol of self serving our own interest when, see, we ought to place serving God above all. Therefore, the picture of selfish ambition, this picture in the teachers of the law, is not the picture that we should desire for our lives. And again, it's certainly not the picture that Jesus would desire for any of us. The second picture is a much better picture, It is the picture of a humble sacrifice in in a poor widow. Unlike the teachers of the law, the poor widow unselfishly gave her all to God. Let let me reread her part of the story. Mark 12, 41 and 42. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. There was a place there in the temple, in the court of women, where people could bring their offerings in support of the temple and its ministry. There were actually 13 large metal trumpet-shaped receptacles to put your money in. And so when they gave their gift, the sound of their money would make a clink, a clink, or clack, (laughs) depending upon the size of the coin that you drop in. And Jesus was there that day. He was watching and listening as the rich people gave a lot of money. There was just a lot of clanking there. But Jesus specially noticed a poor widow who came in and gave two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny that they that they would have made just two small little clinks. These two small coins would have been worth only a few dollars today. Possibly enough for the women to enjoy a modest meal. And yet this poor widow gave them to God and God's work. She gave them in spite of the fact it was all that she had. The disciples were with Jesus in the temple. And so they too were watching and listening as the people brought their offerings. They were probably impressed seeing the rich people give so much money, so impressed that they may have missed this poor widow's tiny gift. But Jesus didn't want them to miss her gift or the lesson in her gift. Look at Mark 12, verses 43 and 44. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth... This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, putting in everything all she had to live on. This poor widow had unselfishly given all that she had to God. That's what made her gift more valuable to Jesus. It certainly wasn't the size of the gift that made it more valuable. I mean, the rich gave gifts much more monetarily. But her gift, her gift was worth more spiritually because she gave it all to God. Remember back to the story of the rich young ruler back in Mark 10. Jesus told him that he needed to give all his money to the poor and come follow him. But the rich man was unwilling to do that. His great wealth was more important to him than following Jesus. But that's not the case with this poor widow. Nothing was more important to her than God and giving to God. What a contrast between the teachers of the law and this widow. The teachers of the law were focused on themselves... The widow was focused on God. The teachers of the law were focused on getting. The widow was focused on giving. The teachers of the law were condemned by Jesus for their selfish ambition. The widow was commended by Jesus for her humble sacrifice. Would you like to guess which picture would Jesus like to see lived out in our lives? I mean, He'd like us to be like the poor widow. He'd like us to make a humble sacrifice in our lives. That's the lesson in this picture. Jesus desires us to be unselfish, God-centered people. I mean, this is the very lesson that Jesus has been trying to teach us as we've been traveling with Him and His disciples the gospel of mark think back to jesus's call for discipleship in mark 8 34 when he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me if we want to be disciples of jesus we must deny ourselves and submit ourselves to him We must take up our cross and surrender our lives for Him, and we must follow Him, His example and His teachings. The question is often asked, does Jesus then expect me and you to give all that we have to God like this poor widow? The answer to that question is no and yes. No, Jesus doesn't expect me and he doesn't expect you to write out a check and give everything that we have in our bank accounts to God. But yes, God does expect me and you to give our all to God. He does expect us to give ourselves fully to him as living sacrifices. I mean, that's really the way he lived his life. And if we're following him as his disciples, that's the way we should live our lives, as living sacrifices. Remember what Jesus taught, again, back in Mark 10, 42 through 45. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As disciples of Jesus, we live our lives by a different standard from the world. A different standard for greatness. Whoever wants to be great according to Jesus must be a servant. Whoever wants to be first, he said they must be a slave of all. And that again is the way that Jesus lived his life. And that's the way he expects us to live our lives. I mean think for a moment, Jesus is the Son of God. He had lived for an eternity with the Father in heaven. And yet that first Christmas, he he left heaven and came to earth to serve us and to save us. And then he gave his life as a ransom for us. A ransom was a payment made to free a prisoner or a slave. He died on the cross to free us from sin's punishment, to free us from sin's slavery. I mean, you talk about an unselfish God's Centered man, Jesus was an unselfish, God centered man. And he expects his disciples to be the same. He expects us to be unselfish, God centered people like the poor widow who, again, unselfishly gave her all to God. These are two opposite pictures. The one is a picture of pride. The other the picture of humility. The one is a picture of selfishness. The other is a picture of unselfishness. The one is a picture of self-centeredness. The other is a picture of God-centeredness. Now each of us must decide which of these two contrasting pictures best represents us and our lives. I mean, are we like the teachers of the law, selfish, self-centered people? Are we like the poor widow? Unselfish, God-centered people. I'd like to tell you that I'm totally like the poor widow. Unselfish and God-centered all the time in my life. But the truth is, there is still some selfishness and self-centeredness in me. There are times I can be like the teachers of the law. I believe we all can. And the challenge for each of us is to become more and more like the poor widow and more and more like Jesus, unselfish and God-centered. As disciples of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. He is there to transform us into the image of His Son of Jesus. That is our lifelong mission, to become more and more like Jesus. Let us never be content with selfishness or self-centeredness in our lives when the Christian life in reality is all about being unselfish and God-centered. That, that brings us to our practical applications as we close. What do we want to do as a result of this morning's message? Let, let me suggest three action steps this morning. Number one, decide which image best represents your life right now. The selfish ambition of the teachers of the law are, are, are the humble sacrifice of the poor widow. I mean, when you think about your life, which picture that we've seen this morning again best represents you? Number two, work with the Holy Spirit in removing whatever selfishness and self centeredness that you find in your heart and life. Again, that's the task before us as Christians. Again, to remove the negatives from our lives, and in this case, the negatives of selfishness and self-centeredness. And people, we cannot do it without the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's also true with this last action step, number three. Work with the Holy Spirit in developing the unselfishness and God-centeredness that you see in Jesus' life that again He desires in your life. You know, this Christmas, ah, oh, this Christmas, it could be maybe one of the most meaningful Christmases in your life. That is, if you come to a relationship with Jesus where He is Lord and Savior, or maybe when you take some steps this Christmas to become more and more what He desires to be, you to be that you might become more and more like him. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you so very much for, again, these lessons that Jesus has taught us. And God, I pray that you'll help us not just to understand the lesson, not just to hear it, but help us to put it into practice in our lives. God, we need to be like the poor widow. We, We need to be people that are unselfish, and God-centered. And so God, work in each of us. Work in me. Work in each person that's listening today. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. We certainly want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And we also want to invite you to come and share with us. It is our tradition at the Paxton Church of Christ to have a Christmas Eve candlelight service and so we're going to be having that this coming Friday. We always have it at 5 o'clock. And we just invite you to come and share with us. Uh, again, you can always join us any Sunday at 1030 for worship as we gather together. And we also want you to know as we close here that if there's any way that we can minister to you, just give us a call. Give us a call. You can call us again at, on our church phone, 217 217- Three seven nine four 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 three, or you can contact us through our church website. There's a contact page there, PaxtonChurchOfChrist.org. Thank you once again for listening. We hope that you have again a merry Christmas, and we look forward to sharing with you again next Sunday. God bless.